Hello, this is Augustin Nielsen from Wigwam. You're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. And it rocks. So how well, are you doing, hello. man? <laughs> from Norway. You doing okay? I'm fine. Where are you sitting right now? I am in Richmond, Virginia in the U.S. Okay. Okay. What's the weather like down there? Well, I don't know Celsius at all because we're never taught that, but here it's about 55 Fahrenheit. How much? How many Celsius is that? It's pretty, that's pretty it's cold for you. Yeah, ah, it's, it's cold, but it's comfortable. Last yeah. night it was in the 30s, so below freezing here. Okay, okay. Are you guys in 24-hour okay. darkness right now? Ah, not really. The sun is starting to get back. You know, we I don't live that far north, but you know, um, up in up in Finnmark and Tromsø and further up north, then they live in total darkness. Yeah, I could never. <laughs> but then again, during summertime, the the sun never goes goes down, so they will they will have a. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I could do that. I could be on the beach at midnight or something, and that'd be kind of cool. Ah, you know, it's it's crazy when you play up there. You know, during during summertime, you know, you, I remember back in the days we played these uh, dark clubs and we got out. You know, it was uh, sunlight, <laughs> and then we got to, very hard to sleep when you're yeah. not used to it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's flipping. Anyway, let's not talk about the weather. We can talk about wigwam if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so guys talk about the weather yeah yeah well, only the weather is over <laughs> so now that uh out of the dark has is done and it's released what in like two days or a couple days yeah how do you feel about it and are you satisfied with the outcome oh yeah definitely um of course uh, uh there are always something that you would like to change because you're so close into it you know but you know, now now when i when it's gone a while, you know, since, since we the mix was ready, and you know, now yes, I've started to to forget about those things that I, you know, <laughs> that I uh, wasn't totally satisfied with. It's always right. like that, you know, it's bits and pieces. Like, oh, should have done this and should have done that, and yeah, should have gone that way. But you know, it's but. It's it's better to get it done and to get it released. I mean, some bands can use five years on an album because they're getting second thoughts five thousand times. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, you might go back to the to the first first version and find out that was the best. Same with the same with vocal parts. When I go into the studio, mostly I just try to do it on the first take and uh, do the whole song, and then. After I've done that, I do bits and pieces like one one verse at a time, and you know, and very often the first take is the best because then you have you know the adrenaline and you're so much into it, you know. Right. So, you and know? I imagine after a while it's probably hard to figure out like when to let it go, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's um, that's something you you need to you need to uh, discover, you know. I've been working with different artists. You know, one, one singer I worked with, Jorn, when we did his uh, song for the Eurovision Song Contest, he was like, he was never satisfied and he, he could use like two days for a song. And, 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 and 
driving nuts, you know, to to right. to sit around and you know that word, you know, now this word is a little <laughs> right. Probably no, that word. Okay, good. And the one hour later, no, probably that word was, but you know, uh, and it's all in in the singer's mind because. Right. A normal ear won't hear that, you know. <laughs> so right. If it's an S or an S, you know. <laughs> I, I get it for sure. You guys have been at this for a couple decades now. Do you ever imagine you'd still be doing it? Um, I would imagine that we would would be doing music, but I would never have thought that we would still be doing Wigwam now because when we when we broke up. Uh, and I sat, got into my car and <laughs> drove away from the the venue. Uh, I never thought that we would ever play together again. So I remember having all my, you know, the the, the wigwam gear and all that shit. You know, I remember w when I moved. I moved uh, uh, like two years ago up here to in Trondheim. Um, I remember I, I found all this old stuff and I thought, you know, I thought I'd, you know, thrown it away. But because I never thought I would that would be used again. So right. but luckily I didn't throw it away. So <laughs> <laughs> but we're good. And then you know, uh we're we're at a good good place in a good place in our lives right now and and uh we, we enjoy enjoy the band much more these days than that's good. Before. Yeah. So I'm going to say something here and uh, hopefully you'll agree, but I think your kind of sound, your music like that sort of 80s-ish, glamish, more modern sound is very needed because like it evokes a good time and fun in the times we're living in. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, you know, the, the timing couldn't be more perfect. I mean, right. look at the world. Look at the world around you. I mean, with everything going on in the U.S., with uh, you know, who knows? Maybe there will be a civil war soon between, right. between the blue and the reds. You know, and and the the war in Ukraine and everything that's going on in the world. So, and after the COVID, and you know, what the world needs now is more entertainment. And yes, I mean, we we need to free our minds. I mean, I just I just. Uh, I experienced that myself. I, I'm so, you know, I'm too much focused when I do don't do you know writing and 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 uh, and doing my my shows. When I'm back home, I tend to check out CNN, what's going on, and it's all. I mean, and then it gets all in your the head. negativity. You know, it's just like the Santos story with the guy who's lying. <laughs> you know, the, right? And then the, it gets in your China, head and it fucks China, you up. China, 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 and Ukraine, Ukraine. I mean, it's a uh, crazy world so yeah we need we need something to uh disconnect us from from this crazy world once in a while yeah so i mean in the words of the immortal prophet brett michaels i think you know nothing but a good time and i think wigwam sums that up quite a bit especially for the times we live in especially like the new single out of the dark it's totally yeah that. yeah <laughs> Even though it's a kind of black themed song, I mean, speaking of you know domestic violence and stuff like that, but you know, e even even, um, but we're even then talking about getting out of it, you know, and yes. and look at the brighter brighter sides. I mean, I mean, you can have a have a hard time, but you know, 
everything will work out. Just make sure you escape. Yes, and I <laughs> think that's what your music and that music <laughs> does more than anything else is it provides that escape that is so definitely needed. <laughs> that's cool to hear. Yeah. And so, now we're coming down to to the US finally coming down to 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 do the, the first tour our first tour in the US that's going to be so so neat. I mean we are so much looking forward to it and we were supposed to be down there in January but you know because of the working visa stuff the lines are crazy you know so uh but finally <laughs> you guys there. have never been here? Never. I oh, only wow. have I've only done one gig in the US. That was with my former band Ammunition. I mean, oh, former, I former. We're not, we, we never broke up, but you know, I obviously don't have time for Ammunition these days. And right. Eric Mortensen is, um, is pretty busy with his uh, Eclipse band. So, but you know, we did a, did a gig, gig uh, just outside Chicago. And that was the first time ever I did a gig in, in wow. the US. Are you. Uh concerned nervous or worried about getting back out there after being off for so long no uh i mean um as a singer i uh, and a performer i i i do concert concerts all the time you know with my solo band up here and with my queen shows and you know so we but you know when we did um we did the first Wigwam shows after the comeback and straight on, kind of in, in the middle of the pandemic because it was, you know, um, it was shows with uh, limited uh, attendance. Right. And we were sponsored by, um, by something called the Norwegian Cultural Fund, something. Um, we only, we could only have a hundred persons inside, you know. Oh, wow. um, yeah, very little, but you know, Big places, but you know we were paid like it was kind of a full capacity, and uh, so that was good. And it meant that we had a, had you know uh, at least some shows right. to 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 get back together and get the feel of being you know this band again. There's there's a, there's um there's a kind of a small difference between now and then because then we we can't we were kind of. Uh, Kind of doing the 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 characters, kind of you know, it was like uh, going out. We were like we were wigwam, and especially in the beginning, I didn't have a, a big career uh, when we did wigwam, so it was it was easy to become that glam character. But right. after we broke up, I have uh, pursued my own career, and people now, in especially in Norway, know me more as Augusta Nilsson. They have have a deeper connection with me as a solo artist these days than glam so for me when we, we got back together again i was very i was very focused on not taking it you know to back to those days again right. because i needed to be augusta nielsen aka glam or whatever he used right. to be glam and now i'm just being myself and but anyway when you when you put on the gear and you put on the platforms and you go out and do this music you you know, you, you just have to attack it like, you know, it's it's like my second skin anyway, and right. for all of us, you know. So you mentioned, uh, you know, smaller gigs, like 100 people. Is it odd or weird playing to 100 people as opposed to, I don't know, 10,000 people, or do you approach it differently, or is a show a show? Yeah, you know, um, uh, after a while, you you... 
of course, the feeling is much better when you have 10,000 people standing in front of you and sharing you on, you know, of course. But at the same time, you can, can't let yourself be, you know, affected by it. Like, you know, a lot of artists in Norway do these corporation gigs and they really hate it because, you know, there will be companies and all, all, all the people there, you know, they... They, they haven't paid to see you. I mean, there's a party, they don't know who's going on, you know, and right. so you won't have your fans there. And so a lot of bands or artists are kind of not offended by it, but, you know, they think it's, they don't like it because it's it's not my audience. Right. I love it because there are probably, I'm going to make them my audience, you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So every time I go, go on stage and if, if they're like, uh, I don't know if they are there to listen to me or to, to I mean, to appreciate what I'm doing. I just have to try hard. I just have to make believe. And in my mind, I'll see 50,000 people actually. Right. And they are all jumping up and down. I don't, I don't care if they sit down. I mean, it's, it's all in my head. And, you know, as soon as an, a performer starts to take notice of, you know, people sitting down or not, not being into it they won't because you you need to be in your own you know kind of world mm -hmm. and inviting them in instead of the opposite you know <laughs> interesting i never thought of it that way but i guess that makes total sense for sure yeah so in doing research for this interview i found uh do you want to taste it was chosen for i didn't know this for the hbo's peacemaker show yeah, yeah how did that come about and what has that done that probably put wigwam back on the map right actually that's that's pretty much why we're talking right now because and that's the reason why we're coming down to the u.s in the first place because let's face it in the u.s a lot of people never had heard about wigwam before until they heard so saw the 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 peacemaker series and heard her song and they started to check out the band and um uh, Luckily, we had a lot of albums and we had just released a new album, you know, Never Say Die, and we were about to release a new. So it was in the middle of something good. If this had been, you know, in 2014, after the band had broken up, there wouldn't be a wigwam. And, you know, so so we were lucky with the timing, kind of. Um, now they sent us a, a mail. Uh, we just received a mail from... Uh, some kind of a you know sync company that you really wanted to yeah I wanted to check out a couple of songs they didn't tell us much about it that, that only that is it was going to be some television stuff you know um, and they wanted wanted us to check uh, to send them you know the songs and and the stems you know the layers of of you know music so they could toy around with it to see, check if it uh, worked out right. So we thought actually it was would be a commercial or something. I thought you know maybe it's a McDonald's commercial. You know, do you really want to do you really want to? Oh, you had no idea. Yeah, big bites. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Had no idea, and then after they had checked it out, they they told us that what it was all about, and uh, and we checked out the names, and of course we recognized James Gunn, and you know, yeah, uh, yeah, and what Peacemaker was all about, and. Uh, we really got into it, and we were really looking forward to to seeing it on uh, <laughs> on the HBO or Max. But we never knew what kind of impact it would have. You know, it right. it could have been a 
total disaster. But when we saw the result, we hadn't, we didn't see shit until it premiered. So you know, we never knew what to make of it. Interesting. So I had yeah. thought that maybe it was written for the show, but it was actually not. They just selected something from your catalog. No, I know. I know that James Gunn. He he's kind of a you know Wigwam fan, and that he had had. Do you want to taste it in the back of his mind? So I think he was kind of mentally right. <laughs> listening to that song when he really made that opening se sequence. Anyway, even before the Oscars, you know, it's like he that was kind of the thing that he wanted. Right. And it's uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, that song was released in 2010, and it was kind of a, kind of a hit here in Norway. It was like it was number one on the the, the charts, the average charts. Right. Sale charts there in Norway for like a couple of weeks. You know, I, it went in the wasn't the charts for six weeks. I think back then I I was doing the um, uh, the um, Clash of the Choirs. We have that TV program in the US. Celebrities uh, bringing you know the, 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 uh, having a choir from their own so. town, the pick, picking members from their old town and. Uh, where they were raised and they will compete against other other singers and celebrities oh, wow. you know right so it's actually the choir that's going to compete I, the, the celebrities and the singers are more you know the the, the masters of the choir you know mm -hmm. gotcha. <laughs> and i don't so, think we have that here oh it was a big deal here in norway and so i made sure we had that song the, the premiere of that song was broadcasted live on, on oh, television. Really? Yep. And my choir, I had made a kind of, you know, a, a dance routine for the band, uh, for, for the choir. So they wow. more or less did some of the things, you know. Choreography, right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was back in 2010. So it's so funny, you know, to see, see, of course, it's very different. But, you know, at the same time, we have this... Right. Choreography thing going. So <laughs> it's fun to see now. Sweet. So what is the writing process like for Wigwam? Are you guys able to get in the same room and, you know, jam together or is it more sending stuff back and forth? Oh, it's uh, every, 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 every way, actually. So okay. uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, we will sit down, especially Tron and I sit down and write songs from scratch or or one of us will bring in some elements you know for example on um out of the dark uh we were starting to write songs that song together but then suddenly he just showed me a great intro riff and we started to to go from there and uh wrote it together even the lyric uh other songs like forevermore he wrote back home all by himself just listen to the, the demo, you know, wow, cool. Right. Then with my uh, high and dry, written it all by myself, I call him, sent him the, the demo. But for, for Bad Luck Chuck, that started off like a jam session. Mm -hmm. We were just um, actually rehearsing for our first dates after the Never Say Die tour, uh, before the Never Say Die tour. And we, um, it, something happened and uh, we thought it was a great, tune it became a tune we didn't know that we were writing it <laughs> so i took it home and after a while just found a found a cool melody for it and and a lyric it all just came naturally and whoops we had a had a song 
Nice. So, so in every every possible way, you know. So that's great. I mean, I, I think it's with technology, it's easy to take advantage of that sort of stuff too. But it's nice that you finally get together at some point in in the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Realm. I mean, the the power of being together and write, writing songs. You know, sometimes so, sometimes it's cool to sit or, to actually to be in the rehearsal room and to yes. kind of test it out live. But, you know, it's even sometimes even faster when you you need to sit around and have a couple of beers with your with a mate and you, you have guitars you have bass and you have a drummer who actually shuts up because he's <laughs> he's a machine right there and then so so it's easier for you to to get what you're looking for kind of you know and then you will bring it into the band and you will rehearse it and you'll see if it you know clicks and and then you will record it you know okay so getting back to out of the dark for a second a song i know you mentioned it's got you know some serious themes in it do you ever or have fans reached out to you and connected with that song and what does that feel like uh, yeah uh, not not in the sense that people have have experienced uh being in a domestic violent uh, relationship uh, i haven't heard anyone come to us to tell us about that but you know we've got a good reception on the song you know some other songs when you when you when people hear them you know they will they will talk to them directly and you know they will connect with with the, whatever they feel and right. you know so uh that's got to be like the ultimate payoff right the something that you wrote in your in your studio there in Norway connects with somebody in their living room of in course. India or something right of course that's like of course and, and and even if it's a fun song i mean if, if it makes people laugh and have a good time you know so or get through the thing, day or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's good i mean you just to to think about like you said that you know when you sat down and you just wrote a cool song whatever and and suddenly it has taken on a new life so to say think about do you want to taste it i mean when we wrote that song uh i remember Tron had, you know, the had the opening riff and uh, do you really want to do you really want to taste it? That was pretty much what he had. And the rest of it was kind of a more bluesy song. And and it was a real cool song. But I ne never kind of thought it was this is not a wigwam song, you know, and uh, you know, I, I I never dug it. So I, I, I asked him if I could I could come up with because I had some ideas. Yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Right, and coming up with a get it on, you know all that shit, you know. Right, and back then I think they thought it was too much. <laughs> it was like <laughs> but too I over the top for it because <laughs> too much happening, you know, with all right. the choirs and stuff, you know. But and the lyric and everything, but you know, uh, it, it it's so fun to look back now. I mean. Uh, had I not done that, that song would have been totally different. And who knows? It might have been on a, in a different series years ago. <laughs> right. Probably not the HBO one. Uh, maybe it would have been a hit back then, even a right. bigger one. You never know. But, you know, it's so strange to look back. And, you know, especially now, uh, so much later, when when people ask me what, what the song is about, you know, things things that, you know, I, even I have a problem to to remember exactly what I thought about, you know, you know, right. Of course, I know, but you know, it's like I can tell you now with with this album, the lyrics are so close now, you know, the the the, the feelings that you had half a year ago, 
but now we're talking like <laughs> 12 years ago, you know? Right. <laughs> so what's next for Wigwam? I know you said you've got a States tour. Is that, uh, that's coming up shortly? Yeah. The first we're doing is, um, uh, we're going to have a club tour here in Norway. The first one in like 10 years. No, actually 12 years. Oh, 10, uh, something. <laughs> right. And, uh, and uh, that's going to be fun. Um, Exciting. And after that, we're going to to the U.S. I think we're probably leaving here like the 12th of April, I think. And we're, we're going to play as much as we can. And we will um, end the tour on the, the that leg of the tour on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Oh, nice. And we will get yep get back to Norway, do some, some other gigs. And then we'll do Sweden Rock Festival. And... Right now, we're trying to reschedule the Australian tour that we had to postpone because Sean had COVID, so we had to postpone everything. So right. it means, you know, January and February was supposed to be very super hectic. But, you know, I mean, because of because of the, the working visa problems and the COVID, we've been sitting down here, and up here in Norway. <laughs> but it looks like uh, it's getting busy for you, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, I'm doing one of the, you know, um, main characters in the musical We Were Rocky in Oslo Spectrum. So, and we are going to start the rehearsals uh, when we are on tour. So I, I'll, be, oh, really? I'll be kind of, you know, going back and forth from uh, re- rehearsals with the, with the ensemble there and on tour with Wigwam. So it's going to be a hectic time. So... I'm thinking about that when I'm, you know, kind of getting restless, you know, like, right. okay, there's just a couple of more weeks and then I won't be restless anymore. Use use this time to kind of see your folks and have a good time. Oh, yeah. And I imagine <laughs> after being down for so long with all this world chaos crap that it's pretty exciting to be that busy again, right? Yeah, but I, I kept myself pretty busy during the COVID as well. You know, um, as soon as every. Of course, everything was locked down, you know, uh, and we couldn't play at all. But then suddenly here in Norway, we were allowed to play in front of 20 people. Right. And so, and I was so fed up sitting here watching Netflix and, you know, not doing anything because you couldn't go. All the clubs were closed. All the bars were closed. Nothing to do except for inviting some friends back home. And you get kind of yeah right restless and fed up so i called my booker here and said you know book <laughs> in book i mean there was only 20 allowed to have 20 people who cares you know i i just i need a bed somewhere i bring my wife and we, we go out there and do some do some you know acoustic shows whatever and they you know pay on the door oh you know i doesn't matter. And, you know, I, I think that was probably one of the best things to do because we had, we met people, we saw things and we, and we, as a couple, we connected, you know, and we started to write music together, which resulted in us doing more and more things together, you know. So right, right now when I'm doing my solo shows, she's, the, she's, you know, my special guest. In the middle of the set, but that's cool. What does she play? Or she just is she singing or she? Oh, she's a singer. She's a singer. Oh, nice, sweet. It's more into the country rock stuff, you know. So nice. We're writing songs together, and you know, it's uh, it's perfect. That's great. and that would have that wouldn't have happened without the COVID because I had a huge hit here with a Norwegian version of uh, Shallow, 
I did with a, a Norwegian singer. And um, it was a massive hit. And I had to do that song every time when I went out to do acoustics. I also, you know, can't you come along and do that song? And of course, then we started to do more more songs together. When you say <laughs> Shallow, that was the Lady Gaga song? Yeah, yeah we did a oh, wow. Norwegian version of it, you know, so uh, became a massive hit in Norway. Good for you. I'm glad you stayed. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, we need, need to have something to do. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, that's going to bring me to the end of my uh, my questions. Did I miss anything you wanted to cover? No, I think we covered them most, uh, almost everything, uh, except for uh, will there be another album? We don't know. <laughs> to be seen, to be determined. Now we we actually we we wrote a lot of songs for this album, but and some some of the most commercial songs we saved for a rainy day. So, uh, but they will probably be heard sometime later. Nice. And that's all. I maybe thought. maybe it, it was serious, some serious or something. Oh, nice. So before on we H go then on HBO Max, probably. HBO the next series. <laughs> right? I'm just kidding. I don't know. Who knows? But it could be. Before we yeah. go, though, can I get you? They're to actually listening to them right now. Nice. To check them out. Are they really? Yeah, that's we're in. Uh, we are actually in. in uh, we're communicating with uh, with the people on you know from from some, a guy named James Gunn's uh, production you know company. So Good for you, we're sending a lot of songs right now. So well, best hopefully, of luck. <laughs> hopefully it takes off. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> Before we go, can I get you to get do a bumper? One of our shows when, when we come over. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd love to catch you. Thank you, my friend. Sorry about it earlier. I don't know what happened, but we got it done, and it's all good. Maybe my bad. You know, is like I said. I don't start know. saying smoke signals much easier. <laughs> you got it. Well, I apologize, especially for, for us dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Be well. Good luck with the tour, and hopefully, I'll get to see you here. Keep rocking in the free world. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.